I love how the Lord orchestrates the service. The, I love to see all the neat things he's doing. Uh, it's obvious today the Lord wants to talk about heaven and, and what's most important, eternity. And, and I got to thinking is that, you know, as we uh, hear the words on heaven today, the, the songs on heaven today, and, and I think the ones that are ready, they were probably all excited and pumped and ready to, to go home and to be with the Lord. Man, it's exciting to, to know that, man, God's got an awesome life ahead for us. But I got thinking about those that there may be some in here that fear today. That you're not sure where the, your relationship is with the Lord. And, and when we talk about heaven or eternity, fear comes over you. And man, then we sang that last song today. And, and it was talking about Jesus, how he came after us. And how that he spent his life with us, that, that now he's with us in his Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit here to mentor us, to guide us, to, to direct us so that we can make that eternal life. So that we can be with him not only now, but forever. He came to be with us and to take us into eternity. As Nick said today, we need to remember that, that this life is just this much and eternity is everything. And not to be so focused on this life that we forget about eternity. But again, the theme that God has given us out of Isaiah chapter 43 this year that we've, we've almost talked on every week since the beginning of the year. But, but forget all the things that are behind today. If you're not where you're at with, where you need to be with the Lord today, forget that. Let's make a change. You know, let's forget about what's behind and, and strain forward. Because it's nothing compared to what God wants to do in 2019. Worship Him. Lord keeps saying, worship Him. And that's what will change your life for 2019. Give your life totally to Him. The Word goes on to say, for I'm about to do something new. Say, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Man, if you can't see the Spirit moving in here today, you better put your spiritual glasses on. And you better check your spiritual man because God is definitely in the house. God is definitely moving today. He says, I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Worship Him. Worship Him. We've been talking about the theme that God has put upon our heart to go along with this in 2019. It's to, to love God and to love people with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And, and we've really been pressing into that. But, but once we realize that when we're loving people, we're loving God, uh, that when God's loving on us, uh, we're loving Him back, that this circle and this cycle just continues on. But, but this love that we have for each other and God needs to just, just explode. Last few weeks, we've been talking about the parable of the talents. And last week, we spoke on that, and, and we were talking about how God has given us all talents and, and giftings, anointings to be able to love Him and to love each other. And I want to share again today that a talent is something that's very valuable to God. A talent was a huge sum of money, probably equivalent to 20 years' wages, and so five talents is, was times 20, man, that's more than a lifetime. 
uh, two talents and he gave another, you know, that's almost a lifetime and, and how this, is, this talent is valuable to him. But the talent that God gave to us to use on the thing most important to him was people. The most important thing to God and, and Jesus was people. You, me, and God wants us to spend that talent on each other. The second part of a talent that, that what a talent represents is, is not only that, that valuable people, but it's the, the gifts, the skills, the time, the energy, the education, the intellect, the strength, the influence, the opportunities you have to use them to help others, to love others, to pour into others. The Lord had me title the sermon today because as I began to study, I, I stayed in Matthew 25 and, and we're going to talk about the judgment day that starts in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. But last week we focused on fear not. I think I'm going to call that the title today is fear not. But, but the Lord really spoke to me on, on he showed us how to use his, our talents. and In other words, what our talents were to be focused on. In, 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 in Matthew chapter 25. And, and we're gonna, that's the first point we're going to talk about today. But the second point was in our, chrono, our reading that we're doing, and I don't know how many of you is doing that with me this year, but, but the reading I'm doing, we're talking about Moses now in Exodus 3 and 4. And I see that, that Moses going through the same thing, trying to use his talents and how he was even fearful himself. On, on using his talents. We're going to talk about that today. And then the third thing is that as a pastor, I need to let you know the believers, men and women of God in here today, that we're accountable to God for our, our talents. We will answer to God one day how we use our talents. And so let's move into the word and the scripture today. But when the Son of Man, Jesus, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will set upon his glorious throne. All the nations, peoples will gather in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And again, we're picturing that that, that final end has come and Christ is gathering us all home. And he's going to separate us off to, to how we used our talents. Verse 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Do you guys get that? The kingdom was prepared for you from the creation of the world. From the beginning, Jesus, John 14, has been preparing a place for us. God has this place. Pretty awesome. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited, invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you? You know, hungry and, and feed you. Or Lord, thirsty and give you something to drink. Or, or a stranger and, and show you hospitality. Or Jesus naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you were doing it for me. 
Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he'll answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord, and and for you to, to just pour into us. Father, we thank you for pouring into us today and ministering to us throughout the service through Teresa and Randy's time and and Nick and the praise and worship and the word and the tongue and interpretation. Lord, thank you for ministering to us. Father, I ask that we get our eyes completely off everything outside of here and and continue to be in on and, and look into you even more now than ever. Lord, you got our attention today. Lord, speak to us. And Father, minister to every need in here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Point one, Christ shows us how to to use our talents, this this valuable gift that God has given us to minister to brothers and sisters. Now, some of the things I'm going to show you today is examples of what Oakton does, and some of you may be a part of that. But I want to share some ideas along with the things that Christ showed us. But I want you today, as we go through this, I want you to ask yourself, how is God using me as an individual? How is God using me and everything that that Christ said? He said, use your talent to do these things. So how is Christ using you as an individual? So the first point is here is how is Christ using you to feed the hungry and the thirsty? Jesus said, for I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me drink. There's millions of people dying of starvation throughout the land. Many people need food. As you can see in the picture and the slide behind me, every third Wednesday of the month, uh, we unload this food truck. If anybody wants to come out and, and be a part of that, we can go to Good Samaritan, 1030 on the third week of the month, and there we go. And that's on a Wednesday. I also remind you today that, that Oakton gives $3,000 a year to feed the hungry in Barton County. And that's where this place is in your picture behind me. That's where we give money to help those in need. Slide number nine is a picture of Africa and the children that we minister to over there. Uh, We give over 600, at least 600 a month to this ministry to see that there's teachers over there teaching these children. Uh, These are kids that you've invested in. We also send money over there for food, $850 in addition. We had extra money at the end of the year this year. And we gave another $850 just to feed kids in Africa. This year, the missions team voted also to give another $850 of extra money that we had 
to John Hagee's ministry. Uh, we're trying to get in Israel, but but we're not there yet. And until we can find a base like we got in Liberia and, and Albania, we're going to go through Hagee's ministry. But I know the year before last for sure that the money that we gave him went to feed hungry children in, in Israel. As I think about over the years, uh, two years ago, we gave money as a body to... Uh, to uh, give money for water wells in Mozambique. We gave $1,000 in July, I think two years ago. And it went, man, you build a well in Africa in Mozambique, and man, you can start a town because there's no clean water over there. You know, God has used Oakton, the body of Christ here, to minister across the world in our local, in, our, in all aspects of our life. But I ask you, how is God using you as an individual what are you doing as an individual to feed the hungry and thirsty? Because again, every one of you in this room have been gifted and talented according to your abilities. So God's put on you talents and, and he says you can have it. It's proportioned according to your abilities. So you're without excuse. God has anointed you and appointed you to use your talents. So I say, how are you doing it to feed the hungry and the thirsty? You see, every time we feed a hungry person, we encounter Jesus. Because when you did it for one of the least of these, you did it for me, Jesus said. The stranger. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Uh, a stranger is a person who does not know or with whom one is familiar. So when you really study out stranger, it could mean refugee, new arrivals, visitors, outsiders. It even give me the word newbies. It could be a newbie in the area. Is there any newbies in here today? I pray that there are new people in this body each and every week because we are reaching out to the stranger. But the stranger could be anything. You know, the stranger could be the homeless person that you see on the picture behind me. Uh, that's one of my favorite pictures I took last July and August in Kansas City in the inner city. Uh, that's by a house that this homeless person just decided to crash at the night before. I was out praying early one morning and I walked across there and I thought to myself, if I woke up and saw a homeless person laying on my drive in my front, in front of my front door, how would I handle it? Would I open that door and invite him in or would I call the cops and say, get him out? How are we doing with the stranger? You know, the stranger could be an alien or a refugee, as we said earlier. Slide number 11 is Mervic and Naomi. They are seeking asylum from Venezuela. You know all the persecution that's gone on through Venezuela. And they, they walk and they drove and they did everything they could to get up into the United States. And they turned themselves into ice. And the two on the left who I'm talking about, the one on the right is, is Jose, I believe, or Josh maybe. But, but the two on the left who I'm focused in on, they turned themselves into ice uh, ICE called the contacts in USA that, that they knew and were confirmed and they were given asylum in the United States. They came up by through Oakton and we gave them $200 to help them as they get established in the USA. And notice that everything that was done was legally. I believe that God will use us to legally minister to the refugees. As I always says, we don't need to cheat for God to do what he needs to do. God can do whatever he wants to do. We abide by the laws of the land and abide by him and he will bless us. So guys, how can we minister to the refugee? 
Another thing as refugee aliens it talks about is, guys, we minister to over 100 Spanish people each week at Oakton Carthage. God has called us to do that as a church body. You know, sometimes I catch a little flack on that because we do spend money to do that. Uh, without talking to Tammy and to, to get the final numbers, I could say that probably easily we spend $25,000 a year above the tithe and offering that's drawn in down there to see that that ministry happens. But I praise God that God's using us to minister to the strangers, to the aliens on a daily basis, because that's what he's called us to do. He's called us out to minister to those that he puts in amongst us. But you know, the other thing the stranger could be that visitor sitting beside you today here at Oakton. How are we receiving the visitors? I don't want to call the visitors out today. I already embarrassed them once. But there's other visitors in here today. Are, are, we, are we so hospitable that they are just looking forward to coming back next week? Are we uh, so embracive of them? Or are we saying, you know, this is our turf. This is my group over here. This is your group over there. You know, you can come to church, but keep your distance. And for sure, don't sit in my chair. You know? But how do we greet the visitor that God sends here? You know, me and Landon have been trying to figure it out. We get so many visitors, we spend half a day Monday trying to figure out their names, their addresses, so that we can follow up on them. And guys, we cannot keep up with the visitors God's sending to us. I try to catch them after church. I try to catch them. But you guys know my memory. Most of the time when I catch them, I can't remember their names. I need help. But, but can we get their names? Can you as the body of Christ be so just in tune with Jesus that the stranger that comes into your body, that you're going to go out of your way to make them feel welcome. You're going to get their name so that we can follow up on them so that we can continue to love them. Because that's what the Lord's called us to do. For I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Guys, this is our home and it's for anybody. Another thing, the stranger could be a transit. Uh, we're involved with the transit ministry through the Ministerial Alliance, and we're on call every sixth or seventh week for, for a month, excuse me. And last time Landon was on call, he helped four transits that were passing through Barton County that just needed some help. A stranger that just needed a shot in the arm, and we're able to do that. But guys, the Lord reminded me, he said he was a stranger. Do we recognize those that Jesus puts into our life as strangers? The ones we don't know, do we embrace them? So when you encounter people who are strangers, and when you look after the homeless, the, the, the stranger, just whoever that we want to call them today, the guest, the refugee, do we provide them shelter and invite them into the heart of our community? And do we help them encounter Jesus? Paul was talking about in Hebrews 13, 12, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. The naked. I was naked and you gave me clothing. You know, I was trying to think of that when, when they were, when Christ said, well, when do we, or when they said to Christ, when do we see you naked? You know, I was probably freaking them out when he said that you helped me and I was naked, you know. And I started trying to think about that, you know, and put something in there. But I just got to thinking that nakedness is just being vulnerable. 
And when people are vulnerable from whatever reason, finances or, or whatever it may be, people are vulnerable and they feel naked and they need us to come in and clothe them. And the Lord thought, what better example is to talk about our benevolence fund, the 2% of the offering that comes in. You guys realize that God sent 53 families for us to minister to through benevolence in 2018. That does not count the women and the children or the, the, if the wife can, it doesn't count the man and the children. But 53 families reached out to Oakton in 2018. I tried to tally the numbers. The folder's about this thick. And I tried to just throw the numbers together quickly. And, and I know there's over $7,000 that, that we've invested in people that came in and needed some help in their life. And we ministered to their need. Of that money, there's about 55% outside and 45% within this body here at Oakton that we were able to help that were feeling a little naked and, and barren and needed some clothing. But I say to you, as I said on all others today, is, you know, we're doing this as a body, but how are you helping as individuals? You know, are you depending on Oakton to get you into heaven? You know, I, I, I'm really frowning on membership. We had a, or a class the other day, meet the pastor, and I fumbled all over membership because the reason I don't like membership is people think if they're a member, they're going to heaven. Just like they think that they can watch Oakton do everything and never participate, but they're going to ride on the shirt to wings to heaven. That ain't going to happen. What are you doing with your talents? You got to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and he's given you abilities and talents to use, and you're going to be accountable for them one day. Yeah, you can be a part of these, and a lot of you are a part of these things, but, but how is God using you to minister to those he puts in your path? You know, the sick, I was sick and you cared for me. Another way in which you can meet the need of a person. But another way you can meet Jesus through ministering to those who are sick, whether they're in hospital or at home or at church. Landon, I've got to just hit me. I'm going to share this. You may not like it. But, but the other day we asked my staff, what do you like and not like? One thing Landon said, he goes, I love it when I go to the hospital and I can minister to somebody. I love it when I go to visitation and I can minister to somebody and just pour into them. And I, but then he said, I hate it when they don't respond. Or in other words, when they're receptive, he loves it because he's feeling the Holy Spirit moving through him. And, and man, it's just a powerful thing. And, and he's experiencing Jesus with them. Man, have you ever led somebody to Christ? How it makes you feel? Cloud nine or, or you just help somebody out. How it makes you feel? It's because you were in sense helping Jesus and you felt his presence. And I may have butchered that in the way I said it here today, but, but how are we ministering to the sick? Uh, we're on the chaplain's program here at Barton County Memorial Hospital or Cox Barton County, and, and we're on a rotation there, and we just come off last week. Uh, Landon went in every day and ministered to those in the hospital at Barton County and prayed with them. And again, every time you pray for the sick, you have the opportunity to encounter Jesus. Guys, we can pray for the sick. You can get sick at work that, hey, I don't feel good today. Can I pray for you? Hey, I, I need a touch in my marriage. Hey, can I pray for you? We have the opportunity as individuals to minister in lots of these areas. And by the way, guys, if, if you want to go with Landon to the hospital visitations, he'd love to have you. He'd love you to be a part of that. The prisoner, I was in prison and you visited me. 
Those in prison often come from the category of the last and the least of society. Jesus challenges us to to imitate his grace and acceptance of sinners. We need to remember that we too are forgiving, forgiven sinners. And what I'm trying to, to, to build in here today is we need to, to go to the prisoner and minister to the prisoner. And, and to be honest with you, we probably could do a lot better job on that. But we are ministering to a man that, that from our body that is in prison and, and we're giving him financial money and we're trying to help that way and, and we're, we're uh, praying for him. I know some of you send in letters, but I'm sure that he would love for somebody to come and see him. That's something we could do as individuals. That's something we could do as a body. But as the word was saying here in the words I just read to you, you know, the prisoners, I worked in the prisons for two years, and, and they got a, a rough go sometimes. They, they seem to be put back. But, but what I was trying to pull us into here today is that all of us have been prisoner to something at one time or the other. And if we start looking at the spiritual side, is spiritually... How have we ministered to those that are spiritually hungry, those that are spiritually thirsty, those that were spiritually just feeling alien and, and not feeling Christ, those that were feeling naked by a situation, those that were spiritually sick or those that were spiritually in prison? You know, we're ministering to the physical need, but how as individuals are we ministering to the spiritual need? I use this scripture a lot, but it says it so well. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, you, because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you, me, to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent you and me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He sent you and me to set, the, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Lord told me the other day to go out and minister to a person and... and Anyway, uh, 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 be honest with neglect or busyness or whatever, it's two hours later and the Lord hits me again, go minister to this need. And then it's another hour later and finally I just said, I got to go and I left and I thought I probably missed it. And so I drove in to minister to this person, went in, knocked on the door. They wouldn't answer the door. There were something going on. And so I walked in and stepping out in my faith and, and, and walked back into where they're at. And they were needing a touch of Jesus on their life. And they began to just talk to me. And, and we, the Spirit of the Lord came in. And we just had a time in the presence of God. Man, they were spiritually needing a touch in their life. And nothing feels better when, when you finally yield to the Lord and, and listen to Him. And, and break through the obstacles and break into the presence of God. And, and help somebody that was in spiritual need but Jesus has told us to, to also go to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the sick, the oppressed, the spiritually broken. The picture behind me is ICF Toronto, and, and th this was a retreat they had last June 18th. And all these people here had gotten saved over the year, or maybe a year and a half. But Altine wanted to take them on a two-day training baptism seminar they all were baptized. That's the picture you see. But Oakton, you know, they didn't have the money. They needed motels. They needed three square meals for these 35 people or so. And we gave them $371 to meet the spiritual need and to, to just experience that day with them. And I think that's the Adriatic Sea. But, but either way, uh, they were ministered to that day. We have two baptisms next week. 
And it's because of you people in this church. I've talked to you about the, the hundred and some salvations that we had last year. But it's because you invested spiritually into your people, the people that are beside you, around you. And a hundred and some people were saved last year just in this facility and in our Oakland facilities. And man, God is so awesome. We're seeing two that are going to be baptized next week. I say to you today, if you need to be baptized next week, it's a good opportunity to do that. But God has given us, you, I, talents according to our own ability. Again, how are we ministering to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the prisoner, the physically and spiritually people needing a touch? Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants out, you and me, and delivered his good to them, the people around us. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his or own ability. And immediately he went away. Jesus has entrusted us and he's went away with the ability to to minister to those around us. Man, that's awesome. That ought to excite you today. But something that really got me really going today, you see, this is how the Lord is. But as we were up there, if you saw me sit down, the Lord spoke to me. What God has asked us to do here on this earth, he completes in heaven. So he's asked us to feed the hungry, the thirsty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's fulfilled completely in heaven, those that choose him. Then, Joel, you get up and read the scripture. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are done, gone forever. Man, what we're doing, Christ has asked us to do during this time, and it's going to carry over into eternity, and it's going to last for eternity. What we do is, is, is not a waste of time. I keep telling you guys, I used, uh, Freeman's, man, uh, my job was to help the sick. I was pouring into helping the sick. I had two pagers and a phone back in the day, and, and I was at their beck and call. And man, talk about that was a, a big thing, helping the sick. But I cried to work probably the last year because I wanted to help the spiritually sick. God was calling me into the ministry, and the only difference was is, is that, was, that sickness that was healed at Freeman was a temporary healing. God's healing was forever. And I wanted to invest and be used and spend myself on ministering physically and spiritually to people because it lasts forever. Point two today, we're reading, we're reading about Moses and our, our read the Bible in a year. And, and Moses had the, the same situation going on in his life. That's what was so neat. God called Moses to minister to Israel. Guess what? Israel was hungry. Israel was thirsty. Israel was strangers, aliens in Egypt. They were naked. They were sick. And they were in prison or bondage. You guys watch the old show, the Moses. It shows you the picture. Read the Bible. They were feeling everything that God has told us to minister to. And God went to Moses and he said, I call you out in Exodus 3.10. God called and anointed Moses just like he did us. God in Exodus 4.18 equipped Moses with signs and wonders. God was with Moses in Exodus 4.12. So we see that God uh, 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 apportioned to Moses the talents and the ability 
and he was with him, and he was guiding and directing him. And Moses just tore it up, didn't he? Well, Moses immediately begins to give excuses to why that he cannot do what God's called him to do. He begins to give excuses, five of them, and we're going to go over them, on why that he couldn't use his talents. And a lot of times it's the same things that I may use. But deep down inside, Moses was afraid. And God recognized that. And a lot of times we're just plain afraid. And we need to recognize that and know that God is with us. But number one, God, you have the wrong person. How many times have we said that? And you can follow along with me in Exodus 3.11. But Moses said, you got the wrong person. God's response was, I will be you. You know, he wasn't going to confess he was the wrong person. He wasn't. He realized that Moses was just afraid, and he assured him, I will be with you. Well, well, God, I'm, I'm just not ready. How many of us told God that we're not ready? I've got to get this out of my life. I've got to get that out of my life. God again responds in verse uh, 314. I tell you, I'll tell you what you are to say. So again, God didn't look at the, the problem that Moses was presenting. He was just scared, and God just reassured him again. God said, I might, or Moses said, God, I may fail you. Man, how many times have we said that? God, I may fail you, man. Every Sunday I get up here, God, I don't want to fail you. You know, we get into the what ifs. If you get into that chapter, Moses says, but what if? But, but what if? Uh, we get so caught up again in the what ifs that we say, God, you can't use us. But again, God recognized the fear and he said to Moses, reach into your bosom there, pull your hand out. And it was leprous. He said, Moses, grab that rod and, and have, throw it on the ground. And it became a serpent. He says, Moses, take that water. And it became blood. When he was saying, what if, God began to show him all the signs and the wonders, the power and authority that God had that you will not fail. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. The fourth thing he says is, God, I do not have the skills. And some think that he had a speech impediment. But again, God didn't recognize that. God responded and said, I will help you. And then he said, God, I can't. I just need a partner. I need somebody to go along. Lord, please send someone else to do it. God was not pleased. God was angry, as, as Exodus 4.15 says. And he said, well, go ahead and get, get, get Moses or get Aaron. Moses gave in to God's call. And we look at Moses as this spiritual giant. But I had to think, Moses' hesitation by asking for help, I think that he missed out on the full measure that God would have given him. Whenever he asked Aaron to come along, he had to split all the blessings that God gave him. And I know that may sound crazy and that may sound ugly, but, but God called Moses to do those things. And when he wasn't 100% on board, he had to share that with somebody else, which is okay because God does work for the good of those who love him. And God anointed Moses and we see that, that he went out and he ministered to the needs of his people. And he brought him out of all those things that God has called us to do. He delivered all of Israel out, and we know the story that he took them in, in, into the, uh, across the Red Seas. 
So again, today, we need to remember that God has called us. God has anointed us to minister to his people. We need not be afraid. Any excuse that we can give God, he's going to say, but I'm there. I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Man, I, I have a portion to you what you can handle. There's nothing that, that you can't handle that you're going through. I've anointed and appointed you for this time. So in closing today, point number three, we'll be held to account how we used our talents. We will give account to God how we have ministered spiritually and physically to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the prisoner. We could even look at other scriptures and say the widow, the orphans. There's other word that we could use today. But we're accountable to that. This is so serious that, that we talked about last week in Matthew 25, 28 through 30. That, that if you don't use your talents, you're going to lose your talents. If you, lose your ta- or if you use your talents, then God's going to bless you with more. Jesus' own word said, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus even went a a further step. It means heaven or hell. Jesus said, separate the sheep from the goats. Again, the sheep were on his left. The goats were on his right. Jesus was reminding us, I remind you today as a pastor, I got to tell you the touchy-feely things, but I also get to share the things that maybe not are as nice and easy. But I say it to you in love today, but there will be a judgment. We'll all be gathered in his presence, verse 31 says. In Matthew 7, 22, on the judgment day, there is a judgment day, every believer will we'll go before, every person will go before the Lord. There will be a separation, verse 37 and 44, talk about of good and evil. How we respond to Jesus will have eternal consequences, verse 30 and 46 tell. And those consequences are heaven and hell. Do we recognize how important these things are today? How important it is for us to love God and love people, and love those around us. You know, I don't think we realize that the only thing God asked us to do was to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And when we do that, we're again, we're loving the neighbor, we're loving him. And he's loving us, and it's just a, it's a great relationship that goes on. So these things I'm talking about today shouldn't be a struggle for us because we feel his love and his presence in all that we do. The third thing I see today in the scripture is it angers God when we're not using our God-given talents. The Lord became angry with Moses, Exodus 4, 14 said. I think the word there is more frustrated because God wants to love his people. And guess what? He's called us to be the ones that carry his love. That's why God gets frustrated. He wants to love the person sitting by you and he wants to use you to do it. 
And when we don't yield to him, it frustrates him. It angers him. Because again, God sent his son because he loved us so much. God came after us in Jesus Christ. And he wants us to go after his people. And he wants us to love on those that are around us. He wants to love on your neighbor through you. I get it all the time. Pastor, go over this house and minister to this person. He wants to minister his love through you to them too. And I'm not saying don't ask me to do that. Ask me. But I'm saying give it a shot yourself. If you're a believer, God wants to love on people through you. Last thing here in D, on Judgment Day, many will say to me, this is Matthew 7, 22, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. And, and the Lord really began to minister that to me this week. I always wondered, how could you experience prophecies and cast out demons and and perform miracles and do all these great things and fall away from Christ and, and fall away from the things of God. And it's simply, to me, it's not using your talents and it's not been available to be used by God. But he spells it out here. Jesus says it just as plain a day is you, the ones that are thrown out are the ones who break God's laws. In other words, the word says this, and they don't do this. The word says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, but we don't do it. The word says to, to go to the thirsty, the hungry, the sick, all the things we talked about today. We may do it for a time, but we quit doing it, and the world becomes more important, and the word becomes less important, and so we push the word to the side, and we fall away from the presence of God. Where do we go wrong is when we quit following the word where do we go wrong is when we quit preaching jesus christ lived jesus christ died jesus christ raised from the dead jesus christ in our heart jesus christ eternal and with a believer over and over but but i see in the news and i i, I get this uh, electronic magazine letter the other day pope francis leading in signing a covenant with the islam leader pushing toward one world religion. That's where we get into trouble when, when we go out and the word, man, the Pope ought to be leading this Islam to Christ. And they're trying to figure out how they can go to heaven together. Man, that's where we get into trouble when we quit following the word. Man, the word's very clear. I'm the only way, the truth, and the light. Jesus is the only way to God. Man, we need to stick with the word. And that's why, you know, to me, if this Pope guy don't get his head on, he's going to be the one that said, Lord, but I prophesied in your name, but Lord, I did this in your name. Lord, I did that in your name. And he said, away from me, for I never knew you. And then what did it say at last? You who break God's laws. Do we really believe Christ is who he says? Do you really believe Christ's words when he says, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me? Last week, I challenged you as the praise team comes forward. But last week, I challenged you to, 
Your opportunities are your family. Your opportunities are your workplace. Your opportunities are the, the ones that, that are sitting beside you in the communities you're in, at, where you hang out. There, you know, wherever it may be, that's your opportunities. Are we following Christ's words today? Are we hearing him? When he says to use our talents for the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger, the refugee, the naked, the sick, those in prison. Do we believe his words today? Do we really believe who we are in Jesus Christ? Do we understand that? The altar call today is if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, man, you need to accept him. And that's your number one thing. But if you're here today and the Lord's dealing with you on some stuff, I, I just tell you to come to the altars. But I want to remind you, as I have every week, 1 John 2, 27, but the anointing, the Holy Ghost, which you have received from him, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing, the Holy Ghost teaches you concerning all things. And it is true. And it is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. How are we using our talents as individuals? Again, I say, man, if, if we're out using our talents, we'll be leading people to Christ at work. Because when you do something good for somebody, they're going to be like, man, what do you got? But we got to realize the anointing and the appointing that is on and the talent that is on everyone in this room. If you're a believer here today, he has apportioned to you talents. And you're accountable for them. If you're a believer here today, you're accountable for them. How you doing? How you doing?